Welcome, fuck, I went to the wrong one again. Welcome, there it is. Hey everyone, welcome to Respawn Aim Fire, the kick-ass irreverent gaming podcast brought to you by Idiotas Afabolas. Blew your mind right there, didn't I? I am multilingual. I am one of your multilingual hosts, Chad Miguel Guadalupe Santana Inés Inés. With me here, we also have Adam Asuncion Paraguay Gumby. How are you, Adam? Uh, ¿Cómo te llamas? Uh, me llamas Adam. There we go. <laughs> yeah. And joining us here right in the middle, our RAF regular guest, we've got Alex. ¿Dónde idiotas. That was like half Japanese and half Spanish and Oh my all god. Perfect. We are so we are so worldly here on the Kickass Irreverent, Irreverent Gaming Podcast. In fact, we're so worldly that you can catch us every time the planet goes around the sun. 52 times a year on Sundays. Yep. And also every time that the world goes around itself. Uh, seven times on Sundays at 8.30 Eastern Time-ish. It's 8.20 right now, but, you know, just shut up and give a dog a bone. Um, speaking of giving a dog a bone, I'm about to eat this string cheese, and because of tradition, I'm going to eat three bites of it. My dog's going to eat three bites of it. Don't worry. We're not going to share it like that. That'd be weird. But Remember we when ACDC did a song where they basically just said, giving the dog a bone like a hundred times in a row? No, I don't that remember that. That was back in the day where you could just be like, oh man, we're going to write this song that's called fucking, I don't know, shooting shoot a cow the caterpillar in the face. What? It's like, what, what are the lyrics to the song shooting a caterpillar in the face? Oh, it's just shooting a caterpillar in the face 500 times. Shut up. Take our money. Oh, man. I mean, he's not wrong. Yeah, Lady Than Tramp String Cheese. You can't tell me what to do, John, in the chat. Hey, speaking of chat, welcome everyone to our live chat. You can watch us Sundays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, or you can catch us on demand on YouTube and podcast services at 9 a.m. Eastern Time on Tuesdays. And no, we do not Lady in the Tramp style here, but I do bite off the pieces because if I give him too big of pieces, then he can't eat them. So I bite off little pieces and then hand them to him out of my mouth. So that's how... Does he try um, anyways? He does. If it's too big, we just... He, just he does. It'll go it. into his mouth and then it'll just like... He'll try to get it in between his teeth, and then it'll just fall out of his mouth. And it's just that cycle over and over. So, uh, you got to get him small enough pieces. Today, we've got some things to talk about, including a brand new game from Alex. What did I say your middle name was? Ooh, Hold on, yes. I'm going to remember exactly what I said, because it wasn't actual full Spanish words. Uh, Donde estank, I think is what I said. Uh, Alex yeah, is bringing sure. us a game today for Game on Game Show. Adam's got That's a silly right. segment that he's going to do for Adam's segment with Adam. We're going to talk so about good. kids oozing and squirting in the paint. <laughs> 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 and that's it. Uh, but first, we're going to start with a breakdown of our main quest with THQ Nordic Showcase. Hold on, Chad. Oh, before we do that, we have a very, very quick little call to action for our audience right here on Twitch. Yes. Sorry, I forgot. I literally, you just told me about this 10 minutes ago, and I totally forgot. We are four subs away from where we need to be on Twitch for people to be able to sub to it. Not sub to us. What is it called when people give you? Yeah, no sub. Is it they sub? need to follow. So you need to follow us. We need four people to follow us on twitch.tv slash affable idiots. And if you're watching us here right now on twitch.tv slash affable idiots, Rebex Shadows, 
You're probably already following us. Right? Right? If you're not, there's a very easy button somewhere on the screen for you to do that. But also, if you're not watching us live and you're listening to us pre-recorded, you should also go follow us. And if you're not already following us, you're an asshole and we don't want to be your friends. And then as soon as you follow, we're going to, we're two-faced. We're going to flip right back and we're just going to be, we're going to love you so much more. Um, it keeps life interesting. The ups and downs. Uh, thank you. Revex Shadow says he unfollowed and refollowed. Thank you. Hell <laughs> Don't yeah. think that helps, but thank you. Uh, I mean, for so, the record, if all you have is like an alt account that's just bumming around doing nothing on Twitch, by all means, use that account to follow us. You don't have yeah. to have that alt account watching all of our streams as well. Just give us a follow. Totally. Here's fine. another cool thing. Uh, Apple, if you sign up for an account with something, there's a new option that just says hide my email and it just makes up random bullshit emails for you all the time. Just do that a lot. Just do that a lot. That's all it takes to be our friends and win our love. And that's emotional abuse. So thank you, everyone, for subbing. I mean, following for us so that we can then get people to sub. We'll remind you of how to do that again at the end of the show. Jumping into THQ Nordic Showcase from Jordan Midler at VGC. THQ Nordic had a showcase. Did you guys know that? I learned that uh, about 15 minutes ago. No, I learned it because I was making the the doc mm -hmm. for the show <laughs> no i knew i knew about it but i was like oh there's nothing like i'll read a thing afterwards and that's what i'll care about yeah, yeah, so yeah. no i do not watch it live but i was like hey i want to see more spongebob yeah 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 so there's a lot of stuff uh that was announced at it i didn't know it was happening but i saw that you included it in the notes and therefore i went to youtube and i just hit the button a bunch to skim through 10 seconds at a time just to kind of see mm -hmm. what everything looked like so as we're going through all of this, if there's something that catches your eye or is like, hey, I watched a trailer for this or I saw a screenshot and I would like to talk more about it, tell me to shut up and we'll talk about it. All right. THQ Nordic, which is uh, basically video game daddy for many, many franchi franchises across the industry, owned by Embracer Group. They officially unveiled Alone in the Dark a reimagining of the classic horror series. The third-person single-player horror game has been in development for four years with Michael Hedberg from Amnesia fame and Soma directing and writing the game and monster designs by Guy Davis, who did Evolve and Pacific Rim. Shut um, up, Chad. Tell me about it, because this one also tickled my pickle. Tell me about, about it, Adam. Oh, well, everyone's tickled, then we're good. I didn't mention it at the beginning of the show, but I did have a funny uh, skit idea for a Gigglesaurus Rex, but I didn't. I didn't go with it for a Gigglesaurus uh, Rex. He, I love it. He would have tickled you. He would have tickled you dead. Uh, anyways, <laughs> so <laughs> Alone in the Dark, a game I never played, but growing mm -hmm. up with gaming magazines, I swear every issue of every magazine I had had an ad for Alone in the Dark. Um, so I'm very familiar with the with the IP. Never played a game before because I didn't like horror games as a kid or as an adult or now. Uh, but seems really cool. Uh, Amnesia and Soma, really, really cool games. People love those. And then the monster designs from Evolve and Pacific Rim are the best parts of those projects. So color me interested. Yeah. So the pedigree attached to this game is pretty good. The people behind Evolve, Pacific Rim, Amnesia. Like, honest to God, though, they could... <laughs> assign a duck riding a tricycle to develop this game <laughs> and i still think that whatever this new alone in the dark game is going to be will undoubtedly be better than the 2008 game alone in the dark inferno i'm guessing chad you didn't play that game did you i did not i did not know that existed i played dante's inferno uh, around that same time though i i don't like to hate on games when i come on these podcasts but 
that game legitimately, like, no bullshit, might be my least favorite game of all time. That game, I exclusively started playing it because I heard it was an easy platinum. Got an hour into it, and I'm like, oh, man. This game is like <laughs> a combination of every worst game you've ever played. The voice acting was terrible. There's this framing device of it being like a TV show with credits at the end of each chapter, but it's awful. There's driving mechanics, but it's awful. There's a... Like, uh, there's a crafting system, but it's awful. There's a park, but you get locked in the park and then you uh, can't advance any further in the game. So you have to shut off the game, which is how I <laughs> was forced into uh, no longer playing that game. And yet somehow, despite all that, it has a 6 out of 10 on Steam and a 4 out of 5 on Amazon.ca. So wow. there is no justice in this world, but <laughs> there is still a sliver of of a speck of a hope of justice yet to come in the form of this game. So uh, I hope this game wipes away the shit stain. That was that one. I, um, for most of my life have, uh, mixed up or maybe they've both been, they've shared the same space in my mind alone in the dark and Alan wake. And I've, mm. you know, those two games have been the same game to me. I've, I had not played either of them. They both looked like spooky, atmospheric things. I think they both had like a similar color scheme on their covers, maybe. And I was just like, all right, those are the same game to me. So then whenever we played Alan Wake for Barf last year, the year before, and it was one of the worst games that I think I've ever played, um, I mm. was not excited for Alone in the Dark. And then I realized, oh, this is a different game. And then I looked at the trailer for this new one. I was like, oh, shit, this looks spooky and good. And I'm, I'm actually into this. I'm not into the Amnesia series. We played Amnesia for like our second barf ever, like four or five years ago. And I was like, nope, not playing this game anymore. But um, it, I'm, I'm into it from the way that it looks. And if it's on Game Pass, I will play-ish it. I got one last thing about Alone in the Dark. First of all, the Alan Wake slander has got to stop, but whatever. <laughs> uh, so the 2008 game that I was just talking about, which is very bad, did you know there was a 2015 PC game of Alone in the Dark? Which has a 19 on Metacritic. Oh, Ooh. sweet. Out of 20? 19 out of 100. <laughs> uh, it was the last game before THQ Nordic took over the property. It was supposed to be like a co-op PC. It was awful. Um, also, I remember the Alone in the Dark movie, which came out in 2005. I remember this as well. Never watched it, of course. Stars Christian Slater, Tara Reid, and Stephen Dorff. Has a 1% oh, on Tomatoes. Honestly, though, I've not seen that movie. What I have seen of that movie, though, seems like it would still be better than the 2008 game. Like, Christian Slater? That sounds cool. Directed by U Bull, who did Blood Rain and Far yeah, Cry. There was a Far Cry movie in 2008? U Bull's made a bunch of awful video game movies. That's his thing. Hell yeah. Assault he on might be Wall like, Street. He might have literally the lowest like, approval percentage rating of any director in history. He, he did House of bad. the Dead, Blood Rain. Yeah, it's wild. Okay. Yeah, he, cool. he did a lot. He did a lot. He did Blood Rain 2, House of the Dead 2. He's getting sequels, y'all. Alone in the Dark 2. There's a sequel in 2009. It was a year later. It was They greenlit it and made it so fast because the first one was so popular. It was not popular. <laughs> um, dope. Uh, oh, There's also a movie called Raging Bull that is made to look like the movie Raging Bull, but it is about the director, Uwe Bull. 
Perfect. Let's move on from him. Let's move on from him and talk about uh, some RTS greats that inspired Tempest Rising. It's a base-building real-time strategy game set in a modern-day alternative history war scenario. There are three factions, and they are fighting for a rare, al rare alien material. Rare alien mineral called Tempest. Adam, I know you're all about some strategy games. Does this tickle your not pickle? These. No, not these. No, not this one. No. Alex, what's this do for I'm you? A, RTSs are hit and miss. Like, I liked Age of Empires, and I liked the really big popular ones, but yeah. I haven't played an RTS seriously in a very long time. Alex has hit the spot for you? No. Don't, don't care either way. Me neither. Let's move on. Space for Sale follows an astronaut on a mission to explore strange new worlds, seek out new life, and build real estate on an alien world. The game is an exploration sandbox where the player takes role of a galactic property developer. Cute little art style, cute little astronaut. Won't play it, though, probably. Oh, yeah. Big same. The new game from Three Fields Entertainment, the team made up of developers behind Burnout and Need for Speed, combines for t combines the two for the new game, Recreation. And I feel like this took all of, like, this was all over Twitter for the last couple mm -hmm. of days, is Recreation. That's all I heard. Which is the only way that I even knew that there was some kind of announcement or event was because of this game. Uh, looks fun. I'm not. I'm not yeah, a huge into like a car, a car game person, but mm -hmm. people are very horny for old burnout. And old burnout was great. Yeah. It was fantastic. Um, so anytime it's like from the team that brought you burnout, people are like, "Excuse me," and they start salivating. So it could be good. Um, because burnout was awesome. I like just wrecking cars and going fast, and that's what they do. So yeah, we'll see. We have a remake of the most iconic German RPG ever that I never knew Whoa. existed until I saw this trailer 20 minutes ago. <laughs> Gothic is currently in development for PC, PlayStation 5, and Xbox Series S slash X by Alchemia Interactive. I'm not going to lie. My interest has peaked after seeing some stills from the trailer that I fast-forwarded through. Yeah. I do like just the remake of the most iconic German RPG ever. Right. Like, what a very specific... <laughs> thing to say but i have heard of gothic before but yeah i've never played it so we'll see so halle berry movie gothica i do i saw that movie in yeah theaters. yeah me too I there was also pretty much anything with halle project, berry in it there was also project gotham racing if you remember yes that there was pgr yeah. xbox exclusive microsoft studios it took place where batman lives right yes i assume so um then we have Jagged Alliance 3, which combines a strategic campaign with turn-based tactical combat and RPG elements. Train your mercs, gather equipment, and form a militia to push the enemy back or hold conquered sectors. Big old snooze from me. Mm -hmm. Dope. Let's move on. Outcast 2! A new beginning is coming soon to PC, PlayStation 5, and the Xbox Series S and X. I thought this was Outlast 2. And I was like, oh, another spooky game that I'm not going to play? And it turns out it's not Outlast 2, it's Outcast 2, which is just another game that I'm not going to play. They already made Outlast 2, by the way. They did. Yeah, they did. And I was like, yeah. oh, okay, okay. Well, I mean, this they've already made Modern Warfare 2, but they're making Call of Duty Modern yeah, Warfare right. 2 making, again. It's a different the Modern Warfare 2. So. Yeah, you're very right. You're not wrong. I do, so I don't know anything about this game, but people keep talking about, oh, man, they're bringing about Outcast. They're bringing about Outcast. I'm like, I, I guess. I don't know. What it is? It was like somebody said, like we're bringing you back Alone in the Dark, two thousand five, the movie, and I'm like, well, what are you talking about? <laughs> but everyone likes Outcast, apparently. I don't know. 
This next one, though, I do have an opinion on. SpongeBob, the Cosmic Shake, developed by the team behind Battle for Bikini Bottom, rehydrated. This new 3D platformer is coming to PC, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo Switch, and it sees SpongeBob and Patrick traveling to a multitude of different wish worlds, each with its own setting and rules. I'm digging the art style of this one. It's, like, weird and gross a little bit, but also cool and, like, a little bit, like, weird realistic and the textures look, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but it's interesting and unique and I haven't really seen anything like it but I'm into it. It's pretty cool. It, it reminds me, this whole situation, this game simply existing reminds me of how, uh, I want to say it was Toys for Bob got to work on Crash 4 after the Crash Insane trilogy. And I yeah. hope that, unlike with that scenario, after they work on this game, they still get to work on more SpongeBob games afterwards. It would be a shame if this was the last new original SpongeBob platformer that comes out from the studio after this. How did Rehydrated, Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated do? I feel like I knew Barrett Courtney was calling for it and then fucking loved it, but I don't... Did it even come out yet? Did no, it do not. well? It, I yeah, it did, it did. Right. It did? Okay. My son wanted it for Christmas. <laughs> like, okay. Legitimately, so... There I don't, you go. I don't know how well it sold, but I think it did good enough to get a, a new game completely. So. Adam, I know that you are into some wrestling... Mm -hmm. We got AEW Fight Forever, THQ Nordic, and All Elite Wrestling join forces to take on arcade-style wrestling games. Has a big roster of AEW talent, talent, multiple match types, a career mode, customization options, and more than 40 weapons and more. Railguns, mechs, who knows what those yeah. 40 weapons might be. You see that every Wednesday night, people pulling out mechs, <laughs> doing power bombs. <laughs> Hulk Hogan comes out, everybody boos. Uh... Yeah, this, this should be good. I uh, really enjoyed the WWE game this year. They actually made it good after taking a year off because the last game was trash. Um, and AEW is the other big wrestling company. And they're doing, they even said from Jump, they're like, hey, we can't compete on them on that level, but we're trying to make arcade style. Like, do you remember the N64 wrestling games that people won't shut up about and think they're the best thing ever? We're trying to do that. So I think a lot of people will be happy with what the game is, even though it'll probably be a little feature light. Um, but AEW's got an awesome roster and it looks like a fun arcade beat em up so that should be all right are there similar to how like with racing games there are arcade racers and there are sim racers are there sim wrestling games if this is an arcade Most wrestling the, game are they like yeah that's okay. what people's problem with the old 2k games was that they felt too sim sim okay like treating it like a sports game where you need skill and stuff um, and the new one is more like, oh, do a combo system now. It's just okay. like XXA and you do whatever. And they changed that. But it used to be like, you got to hit your reversals and you got to put them in this spot and you got to, it was a lot. Um, so yeah, but this feels, from what I've been hearing, it's supposed to be just like the N64 game. Cool. So, yep. Knights of Honor 2 lets players control a medieval kingdom in Europe or Northern Africa and command knights, merchants, diplomats, spies, and clerics. Quote, to make your realm the most powerful in the world. Knights of Honor 2. Rated probably T for teen, maybe. Yeah. Don't care, but I do love how basically every game on this list is a sequel to an old game from the oh, early 2000s that no one cares about. Good you observation. No, yeah. I had twos noticed and threes. That yeah. And, or remakes of iconic German RPGs. Twos, threes, <laughs> RPGs. Yeah. Uh, speaking of a remake of an old PS2 game, Crypto returns uh, in the remake of the second PS2 game in this franchise. Destroy All Humans 2 Reprobed launches later this month. Oh, this month, so fast. Destroy All Humans. It was a, not a series that I ever played. 
Oh, destroy. So the the first one I did play it. Eventually came to Game Pass, and again, it's very much an early two thousands run around open world and blow stuff up. But I mean, it's like it's fun, right? You just do dumb stuff and blow stuff up. It's a good time. In the most generic description of a game ever, Way of the Hunter, explore vast open world environments and hunt with premium selection of firearms. <laughs> they don't tell you you're wow. hunting man. <laughs> hunting you know what's crazy? Man. Uh, I don't know about this one specifically, <clears throat> but there is a game called Wild, Call of the Hunter, something like that. And when I worked at GameStop, fucking eight years ago, nine years ago, whatever, hunting games were huge. People love hunting. I mean, a certain people from the South. Yeah. Who, yeah, I feel like environment has to do a lot with yes. with how popular those games are. <laughs> but they they were they were big sellers, man. Especially the Wii version, which had like the little light gun. Yep. <clears throat> oh, we couldn't keep that thing in stock. People were just like, "Let me get the hunting game with the, with the gun and shoot the TV." <laughs> I'm like, all right, here you go, sir. Have a good one. I need to practice during the summer months. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've got two more left on here. Eighteen players compete against each other in an elimination-based stunt show. Through various gun modes. Is Stunt Show the name of the game, correct? Uh, stunt Show, yeah. Yeah, Stunt Show through various game modes. <clears throat> I don't remember seeing that one in the, <clears throat> in the trailer. Maybe I skipped past it too quickly. Give me a second. Oh, <laughs> this just in. Uh, apparently there is a pickle that needs to be thrown. I will throw the pickle. Lord. It is called Stunt Fest, by the way. The stunt Fest. About. Got it, stunt got fest. it. Stunt Fest. Yes. And then finally, in The Valiant... Another game, players lead a band of brothers through medieval Europe to stop one mad villain, Ulrich von Liechtenstein. Just kidding, it's Ulrich von Grevel, who is trying to get a mythical and powerful artifact that would grant him unearthly powers. That actually, I'm intrigued. I, I don't remember seeing that one either in the skip through 10 seconds at a time thing that I did, but um, which means I probably am not interested in the game if, if I just skipped right <laughs> over it. But the description has me 10% erect. Interesting. And then finally, what it was all worth, like all of it was worth it for this one final three seconds of audio. New South Park is coming. This is from Moises Tavares at GameSpot. At the very end, there's like a little disclaimer. It's like, hey, by the way, this is everything we showed you. There are 40-something games in development, 25 unannounced ones, or 24 that we haven't even showed you. And then you hear Randy Marsh going, oh, oh, it's coming. As if he's pooping. <laughs> that was a terrible Randy Marsh impression. But uh, then they scratch it out and they say 25 unannounced games. So we are getting a new South Park game, which I am super pumped for because the uh, Stick of Truth and Fractured Butthole are some of the funniest video games I've ever played in my entire life. Like crying laughing while I was playing through them. And they are also just legitimately good games. Um, so yes, very excited for this. Uh, we know zero information about the game other than it exists we don't know a genre we don't necessarily know who's developing it we don't know much of anything yeah i'm, I'm ready, pretty man. excited too i um so south park the sick of truth was one of those games i played i want to say back in 2015 or so and i really enjoyed it i would have gone through it platinuming it too but that game was one of the more egregious examples back in the day of a game where there were just so many missable trophies and you basically oh, yeah. like had to replay through it again with like a guide in hand if you wanted to make sure that you didn't miss anything. Uh, Those chimp Pokemon, man. Those missable chimp Pokemon and the yeah, different, the, the, the chimp different Pokemon choices. And they're, they're, 
there's like a whole bunch of other stuff that you could potentially miss. Um, the Fractured Butthole, I actually have a copy of the game on PlayStation 4 sitting in the shelf in back of me. To be totally honest, I think I was kind of deterred from playing that game back in the day because I remember that game received some negative press for the way in which it kind of dealt with certain kind of like political gender-based issues in that game. Uh, I still do want to give it a shot, though, because I like there was a lot of like genuinely really funny moments in the original South Park Stick of Truth that were, you know, just like funny and not because they were making fun of a particular person or race or denomination, but because they were just <laughs> fucking silly in that way. And I, 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 I hope that Fractured Butthole will deliver on that when I eventually get around to it. Yeah, I like I Fractured would, Butthole better. It, I like it better from a game. Like, I think it's a better game. It's way more fun to play. Absolutely. Yeah, more mm. fun to play. I feel like it was a little bit too long, though. And where I felt like Stick yeah, of Truth I mean, was the right length. I I couldn't remember the the controversy around South Park, so I just Googled Fractured Butthole Controversy. And the first thing that comes up was just like, I think a brilliant implementation and commentary on our world of the difficulty setting in that game is just oh, how is, dark your skin is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh, really? The darker well, your skin, the harder the game is. Just like, oh. it's like you pick your difficulty and you go to hard and your character's just black. <laughs> you know? huh. But it doesn't actually affect, the game's not actually harder. They're just like, right, 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 right. It's hard to be a black person. And the gender thing was like Mr. Mackey. And he calls you, it's actually like a plot point. He goes through multiple times of like, I actually think they handle it pretty well. Like he's being like very hmm. sincere and nice about. Well, are you sure you go by he? Him, oh, okay? that's right. I forgot about that. And I can yeah. see people getting mad about it when you actually like play five minutes past that. It's like, oh no, this actually I think it was handled pretty well. Yeah, okay. uh, it's a great game either way. That's I mean, it sounds game. to me like it's an example of a game where I think I just need to play it for myself and make up my own opinion for it, and maybe not jump to conclusions just yet. It's yeah, good. ready for three, whatever that ends up being. Me too. And that's it. THQ we'll Nordic see. announced a bunch of good, good stuff. Some stuff we didn't care about, and that's a that's a video game conference, folks. There you go. <laughs> uh, let's get into this playtime because we've got some stuff to talk about. Playtime, where we talk about what we played this week and uh, recently. We've just added shit we're watching too. So I've got. A I got a big old list this time, y'all. But right. we're going to talk about. Um, I actually want to start with some controversy. So, Alex, tell yes. us about playtime for yourself. So, Chad, on last week's episode of mm -hmm. Respawn Aim Fire, which I was not on, mm -hmm. uh, you said some shit about <laughs> Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Sounds sounds about sounds like me. Yeah, that's on brand. You said that terrestrializing is another useless mechanic like making your pokemon gigantic did you not i said yeah yeah that sounds about right w was making pokemon gigantic not like genre defining did that not like utterly change the complete flow and overall outcome of the battles that you participated in so here's here's the thing Gigantamaxing is just Dynamaxing, is just Mega Evolving, is just, they're all the same thing, just by a different, they just make your Pokemon a little bit different, and you're stronger. And it's just like, they don't need to pretend like they're reinventing the wheel and having some amazing new breakthrough feature every time. And I will also say that I'm a fucking hypocrite, because... Here's the thing. I haven't used any of those features. I never got far enough in Sword and Shield to Gigantamax anything. I never played a game where Mega Evolution was a thing. 
Actually, no, I think I did Man. play. Uh, uh, Alpha Sapphire, I think, had Gigantum or Mega Evolution or something like that. But it, yeah, it's it's all it's all just the same idea and the same mechanic by a different name to me. I mean, I'll have you know, Chad, terrestrializing is the process by which you change your Pokemon from one type into a completely different type. Say you have Pikachu out in battle, Pikachu's real just badly hurt by ground type moves. You can terrestrialize your Pikachu, turn him into a flying type Pokemon, and there you go. No longer hurt by ground type moves. But can't you Is do the same thing not... with Mega Mega Evolutions? Like Charizard uh, changes from Fire Flying to Fire Dragon if you do him to Mega Fire Charizard X or Y or one of the two. Yeah, but it, it was more focused on like just sheerly increasing your Pokemon's power. Anyways, uh, I, I will say while you did talk a lot of shit you did actually bring <laughs> up a valid point uh at one point that i did want to address you talked about how you don't really love the fact that these pokemon games are now just giving you the legendary pokemon featured on the box pretty much from moment one of the game because yeah. one thing that they showed off in that showcase was how you can ride around that pokemon around the open world my prediction, and I don't know this with certainty, my prediction uh, is that they'll probably do something akin to what they did with Zygarde in Sun and Moon. Zygarde was this basically giant, like, green legendary snake Pokemon, and his whole deal is that he's made up of a bunch of cells. And when you first get him, he's at 10% form, where only 10% of his cells uh, have formed into a legendary version of him, which is like significantly weaker from like the normal version of him. And you have to collect cells throughout the environment to level him up and increase the size of his form and make him more powerful into like a proper legendary Pokemon. My prediction is it's going to be something similar here, where when you first get the legendary Pokemon, they'll only have so many abilities at their disposal. You won't be able to like fly or transform into motorcycle form right away you'll have to progress through this story to obtain whatever MacGuffin you need to get so that you can enhance their strength make them truly legendary in terms of power and also get those abilities um, but that's all gotcha. just speculation on my part do you think that they'll uh you'll eventually power up your pokemon enough to where it uses its wheels instead of its fucking feet <laughs> i mean I see no reason why not. I think both these Pokemon are just gonna wheel the day down. <laughs> I I see. I had never played far enough in Sun and Moon to actually get to Zygarde or anything about Zygarde. So uh, that makes sense about how like you, he evol for lack of a better word, evolves throughout your playtime with him. Um, I I think what still bugs me about it though is just like there's no mystery around these things anymore. Like, if you think about Lugia and Ho-Oh, they're just like, oh my god, people have seen silhouettes of them in the sky, and there's this legend around how they came to be, but nobody's actually ever really seen it. And then this one's just like, oh, you're talking about that legendary Pokemon? Even the one the kid was just riding around town? Yeah, <laughs> that one. Like, that to me, it just feels less mysterious and less cool. But, hope it plays we'll out fun. We'll see. Uh, you played some other Pokemon game this week as well. What else did you play? Uh, yes, that's right. Uh, the other Pokemon game in question that you're referring to is Pokemon Puzzle League. So past weekend, I actually went to Otakuthon, which is Montreal's premier anime convention. Uh, since the pandemic hit, it's been a stay-at-home show, but this was their first show uh, 
back as an in-person event. Uh, and in the game room uh, on the showroom floor, they had some Pokemon Puzzle League booths set up, probably because it just recently came to the Nintendo Switch Online uh, in July. And inspired by that, I actually went home and booted up my own copy of Pokemon Puzzle League, which, no, was not on the Nintendo Switch Online service, because I'm not currently subscribed to Nintendo Switch Online. It was in my Wii, accessible via my Wii U's Wii mode, uh, which I did oh, using a yeah. Wii Classic controller attached to a Wii remote. Uh, real awkward process getting there, but once I was able to get in there, I had fun with that game. Initially, that was an example of a game where I downloaded it because I was really jazzed by the prospect of playing another great uh, N64 Pokemon game and quickly realized back then, oh man, this is not exactly what uh, I was anticipating it to be. Um, but going into it with sort of the right mindset, I found a lot of enjoyment out of it. Definitely go and check that out if you like Pokemon and puzzle games, although I would say more puzzle games because it's really just Pokemon in aesthetic only. What kind of puzzle game are we talking about? It's sort of like a kind of like match, like kind of match four style puzzle game where you got to okay. match these like various sort of icons of the same color. And you can basically send junk over to the opponent's side if you manage to kind of get a chain of matches all together uh, mm -hmm. via like having pieces fall into place when you cause other pieces to disappear, that kind of style. I get that. Seems similar to like, um, is it anything like Puyo, Puyo Puyo Tetris that came out? Tetris, a little yeah. bit ago? Yeah. 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 It, and it's also like there's like another uh, game in Nintendo's library called Panel de Pawn, which is like basically apparently this game, but like without the Pokemon branding that some people swear is like the slightly better version. Um, so there's that too as well. Cool. Playing more Chicory, I see. Yeah, I actually beat it. Um, back oh, yeah, when I last talked right. about Chicory on the show, I talked about how I was enjoying my time with it. Uh, I gotta be honest, I actually walked away from it, not like super disappointed, but very mildly so. The story and writing of Chicory is great. I was really kind of surprised by how fleshed out the characters and world of the game were, and there's a crazy amount of side content to dig into. But I really found this game to be just one of those experiences that really I felt dragged on and got more and more tedious the further I got into it. It's not a game that doles out a whole lot of new like upgrades and abilities compared to the likes of like Link's Awakening or the Oracle games or even something like The Legend of Zelda The Minish Cap. The game relies way more heavily on you just sort of repeatedly using your kind of paintbrush ability to paint the world around you as opposed to giving you like a bunch of like new upgrades and improvements to how you can kind of paint around you and it, it just the more and more i got into the game the more and more i was like i kind of just want to kind of get on with the story and the puzzle that puzzles that this game has to offer i don't want to constantly have to paint new environments that i come through but I feel kind of guilty if I don't do so. And so it, it, it just turned, especially into the latter hours, into just a really tedious affair of entering into new areas, painting as quickly as I could and kind of moving on to get on with it. I, I think that overall Chicory is real solid, but I think that your mileage with the game will vary based on how cool you are with the idea of being an artiste and painting your heart away uh, in each and every block of that game. Because if you're not that kind of person, if you're kind of just like, I just kind of want a, a straightforward Zelda game injected right into my veins, 
you probably won't love it like I did. Good to know. I uh, will steer clear of it. Oh my god. In the chat here, some mysterious users has confirmed Alex hates, hates, hates chicory. Damn. <sighs> Strong word, Alex. I mean, I, I don't know what to do here. Do I deny it? Do I say, no, I don't hate chicory? Or do I say, yeah, I do hate chicory? Because I feel like either way, Adam is only going to double down and say, yes, you absolutely hate chicory. <laughs> oh, you spoiled the mystery. Down. It was Adam. <laughs> yeah, it was me all along. Uh, so I see you're, you're playing Bayonetta here as well, which is our barf game for the month. That's backlog yeah, well, accomplishment with Respawn and Friends. Won't get too much into it other than to say that I got the Switch version because I remembered back in the day that the Switch version came pre-included with a couple of cool little costumes like the Samus Aran costume or the Link costume. Where are you guys playing it? Are you playing it on Switch or? Yeah. Adam does not have a Switch. Where are you playing it, Adam? I checked every store that I have and I only own it on Xbox, so I'm playing it on Xbox. Oh, dope. Cool. Ooh, did you get like the get Platinum the Collection with, with that and Vanquish? I was looking at that, but it was 40 bucks. I'm like, I don't want to uh, play yeah. 40 bucks bad. Mm. I'll just play yeah. the old version for free. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What is this uh, buying games on the Wii U 3DS eShops? Yeah. Uh, so a, a couple of months ago, I was reminded of the fact that the Wii U and 3DS eShops are, you know, pretty quickly, pretty soon going to be going asunder. Uh, in fact, there are some like pretty notable games on the 3DS and Wii U eShops like... Um, Fire Emblem Fates that are actually going to be going offline like way sooner than a bunch of the other games uh, on those platforms. And so I've been kind of taking stop stock of what games I want to get for those two consoles before it's too late. Uh, so on Wii U, uh, I, I kind of assembled a quick little list here. I want to get Star Fox Guard, Xenoblade Chronicles X, uh, the Nintendo-themed DLCs for Sonic Lost World, uh, Trauma Team, Poke Park Wii, Super Mario Advance, Super Mario World, uh, Mini Mario and Friends Amiibo Challenge, Little Inferno, and Star Fox Zero, The Battle Begins Plus Training, which is like an original, like, uh, how to describe it? L like kind of like a prologue to Star Fox Zero that contained like a bunch of new content uh, that wasn't in Star Fox Zero and was also free. Uh, and then on the 3DS, I plan on getting Liberation Maiden, uh, Pocket Card Jockey, uh, Attack of the Friday Monsters, um, Samura Sakurai, Art of the Sword, Dark Void Zero, uh, the Fire Emblem Fates games, uh, Professor Layton versus Phoenix Wright, uh, Professor Layton and the Miracle Mask, and Professor Layton and the Azran Legacy, uh, and the two Mario and Luigi uh, remake games that came out kind of towards the end of the 3DS's life cycle. Uh, and here's the thing, like, personally, I'm not super concerned about anything that's still stuck on the Wii U. There are games like Xenoblade Chronicles X, where basically it's come out that uh, Monolith Software asked Nintendo if they could do a port of Xenoblade Chronicles X uh, for the Switch, and Nintendo said no. And so it's like, okay, well, things aren't looking too likely for us getting a Switch port of that. But like, seeing as how so many other uh, Wii U games got ported to the Switch at some point, well, it probably won't be all that long before we finally see a port of games like that, for example. Moving over to the 3DS, however, like, I think that there is a legitimate need to kind of, like, see what uh, games that console's library still has and, like, 
grab them while you still can because as we've learned over the past console generation it's real difficult for developers support games that were previously on the 3ds to modern consoles yeah and even if those ports do happen those ports will probably not have the stereoscopic 3d that was native to a lot of these games when they released on the 3ds which is something that i know not everybody really connected with but i personally really enjoyed uh, and then you have games yep. yeah and, and then you have games like the uh, professor layton games where right now the studio behind professor layton level five is in a serious funk that studio closed uh the doors of its like north american office back in 2021 and basically went on record being like yeah we have no interest and doing any operations releasing any games in north america anymore and there was some like insider sources that spoke up shortly after and were like yeah like th this company's sort of cor corporate culture is like kind of rotten right now it's all very profits driven and there's not that creative spark that kind of drove the studio back during its early days and so like yeah, going back to what I was saying earlier, you know, we may yet see a port of Xenoblade Chronicles X. We may yet see a port of Fire Emblem Fates. We may very well see a port of like those Mario and Luigi games. But like, who knows when we're going to get those three Professor Layton games next. So I am taking stock of them and getting them ASAP. Uh, I say ASAP uh, as if I can't get them just straight away, because unfortunately, I can't get them straight away. I have had all sorts of technical issues trying to uh, download these games for my 3DS and Wii U. The SD card on my 3DS uh, still plays any games that have been saved to it, but for whatever reason, I can't download and save new games to it. So I need to figure out what's going on there because I don't want to mm. just needlessly buy another new SD card uh, if I can just figure out a way to fix this one. Uh, the Wii U, I had to get myself a... Uh, portable hard drive for the Wii U. Thankfully, I had one uh, already sitting around, so I didn't need to purchase a new one. I just needed to make sure that portable hard drive didn't have anything critical on it and then format it for the Wii U. Uh, however, after doing so, uh, it was only then that I discovered that the Wii U apparently does not provide enough energy to said portable hard drive on its own no to be able to run it. And I, I learned after the fact that apparently this is just like a common problem with the Wii U. And so I had to go and buy a USB Y cable, which is basically just a USB cable that like splits into two ends. So I can yeah. stick one into the Wii U's first USB port so that I could transfer data and the other into the second USB port just to provide more energy to it. So that, I was at first when you mentioned that you had an external hard drive for your Wii U, I was surprised. I was like, oh, I didn't realize they supported external hard drives. And then in in such a Nintendo fashion, they support it, but they really don't know how to support it. So. Yeah, um, but but it, but it's happening there. But yeah, the PSA to everybody that, you know, is out there and has a 3DS and Wii U on hand. Check out those games libraries. See if there's anything of significance on them that you want to pick up, because one day they're there, next day they'll be gone, and you never know when they'll appear again. As you were talking, I looked through some, some of those things. Because um, I was thinking, like, didn't the, those games get a re-release? But I, because you said Ace Attorney versus Professor Layton fight to the death. And Ace Attorney has gotten re-releases. Yeah. That's Capcom. Yeah, yeah. Right. Level 5. We'll definitely never re-release those exactly. Professor Layton games. Yeah. There's 0% chance. Also, Dark Void, 0 Yes. I can't believe that's a real video game. Dark Void was a bad yeah. game, and people made fun of it, and they 
made a joke video game called Dark Void Zero, and that apparently is stuck on Windows, iOS, and the DS. <laughs> yeah, so Dark Void Zero, to give a little bit of context to that one, that was released on the, not the 3DS eShop, but earlier than that, the DSiWare eShop, uh, around the same time that the like prime version of Dark Void released on its consoles. And the marketing kind of strategy in the lead up to that game's release was really interesting because Capcom marketed it like it was a lost NES game from back in the day that they recently uncovered and brushed up. And it was only like either like just before the game release or just after that they were like, oh yeah, actually it's like something that we totally just made up for this game. So yeah, pretty cool stuff. Interesting, interesting. Adam, tell me about uh, you're watching George Clooney TV ER. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm a big George Clooney fan. Yeah. Everyone's been on ER. No, I'm they call Elden they Ring. call you they call you Clunes. Like, clown, yeah, I'm the, like I'm clown, clown posse, but Clunes. Yeah, insane Clown posse. That's uh -huh. what we are. Um, no, I play more Elden Ring. We've got really far. I am basically. I think I'm in the home stretch of that video game. Again, my entire first playthrough is I want to just collect everything. So when I do New Game Plus, I'll have everything. I don't have to go search for anything. I just play the video game. And you can beat the game in like three hours if you just or just mainline it. So I'm doing everything. I'm actually really close. I'm very high level. And I think I'll probably beat that the next little bit. I didn't know if I was ever going to finish it, but it stuck. So just more cool things on Elden Ring. I've beaten all the big bad guys, mostly. And I got a big sword. And it does a lot of damage. Um, but for new stuff... What does this stand for? Uh, top Pef. It's chef. Oh. Top Chef, but with a P. For uh, potty food. Uh, <laughs> what was that, Rick and Morty? Was it was it Pykel? And he was doing the cooking show? <laughs> yeah. And he was the, the dude who was attached to the guy? No. Two Point Campus oh. is what TP stands for. Oh. Two Point Campus is awesome. If you've ever played Two Point Hospital, which is the first game in the series, same, same thing with here, where it's... It's a sim management game, but it's real silly. So it's like, hey, you're going to make a college. Again, two-point campus, it's all about making a college. You know, like you've got a big big grid, and it's like, oh, well, you know, the dorm's got to be two by two, and then you can put furniture in them. But it's like, oh, we're doing our first class to start our new college, and uh, you can do scienceology. And then it's just <laughs> like a big machine, and they, like, press buttons, and, like, boots kick the machine, and, like lights go everywhere and then it's like oh all our students pass and they're graduating as scienceologist and you make money and manage a school um and unlock fun like little equipment and gears and cosmetics and it is just like the most fun like roller coaster roller coaster tycoon but a college with fake stuff none of it's real my second class i did was vr ology or something and it's just <laughs> kids putting on vr headsets and they that's what they go to college for uh, but no two two point hospital was the same idea but hospitals this is with college. It's great fun. It's awesome. I love this game. It's it's so so good. Great time if you have a chance. Check it out. Uh, it is on Game Pass for PC and console, and it's on everything else too. And uh, yeah, it's just a real fun, real fun video game. Dope game. Yeah, you said Game Pass, right? Yep. Yeah, it is Game Pass. I would suggest everyone play it. No, yeah. If you've ever liked a, a uh, management sim game, it's top tier. And lastly, Candy but Land. not leastly. I did play Shoots and Ladders. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you thought it was Candyland. I thought it was Candyland's that CL. And also Shoots. It's funny because it's got that, you know, homophones with the sh. Is it a CH shoot? Is it an SH shoot? It's got an onomatopoeia. No, I play Cult of the Lamb. Uh, uh, oh, yes. Nice. Yeah. Game came out 
last week. Oh, the game's great. Oh my god, dude. It's basically it's very good. High level. It is you do roguelike dungeons, but they're designed like Zelda and Slay the Spire. Old school Zelda, of course. Mm. Um, but no, Hades is probably better. It's Hades okay. dungeons mixed with Slay the Spire. And then you go and do Animal Crossing, but fun and demented. Uh, it's great. The, I'm telling you, the, the town sim part is the best part of the game. Where, like, of course I can keep doing these runs in all these temples and go kill a god. But I really need to build an outhouse so these guys stop pooping <laughs> on the floor. So I'm like, let's just, I'm going to, I'm so just 10 more minutes. 10 more minutes, I'll grind and I'll get this, I'll get this outhouse. Well, you know, I also need a janitor because in case they vomit, I don't want to be here to clean it up. So the janitor needs to clean up the vomit. They go poop in the outhouse. And then I need a farmer to use the poop to fertilize the farm. Oh, well, of course, I need, well, now I got to build a farm out, of course. You know, that'll just take a couple minutes. And like, that's what it is over and over and over again. And it's, it's great. Cult of the Lamb is a banger and uh, everyone should play it. And I think it was only like 25 bucks. It wasn't even that much. It's very good. Dope. That sounds good to me. Um, here's what I did this week. I played one game, y'all. Surprise, it was Destiny. <laughs> uh, I didn't play that much of it, though. I We only have like a week and a half left of the season, so I've pretty much done everything, but I did. We ran the dungeon, the duality dungeon. I got the sword, the exotic sword, and I got the catalyst for it, but we're still running the dungeon because Audrey needs that I sword, too. I got a question, yeah. Chad, real quick. You said you've only played one game this week? Yeah. I'm just looking at your list. Why did you put it, you know, six down? Why is it in the middle? Why is it in the middle of these other things is my question. Oh, to draw suspicion and trick y'all. I wanted to trick y'all. Um, I had no idea what D would stand for. Yeah. Yep. Well, you knew what D would stand for, but then you would also be like, oh, what is B3? What game is B3? What is F? Yeah. I was like, did he play Bayonetta 3? That's not out yet. <laughs> yeah, so here's the other thing. So I, uh, I spent the rest of the week for some reason, we talked about this last week, uh, watching a bunch of movies, I watched five Predator movies in 36 wow. hours. And I just, nice. yep, yep, Friday and Saturday was was Predator. I had some wild dreams because of it. I assume they were because of it and not just because my brain is fucking bonkers, but... Demented. Yeah, I, so you, on the list here... Have you achieved Predator? I have become a Predator, Whatever that means, oh. I'm not going to define uh -oh. it because legally that might get me. I plead the fifth. Um, <laughs> so yeah, my list this week looks like P P P P two A V P A V P two R uh, T Y Y W. <laughs> yeah, I watched. So I watched. This technically was last week. I watched Prey, and that led the mm. conversation of like I don't think I've ever seen any of the other Predator movies except for A V P. Turns out I hadn't seen A V P. Um, we haven't even seen AVP. I hadn't even seen AVP. No, I was watching. Oh, I was like, wow. well, I don't know what the fuck this movie is. So yeah, I watched Predator. I watched Predators. I watched Predator Two, Alien versus Predator, and Alien versus Predator Two Requiem. Thank you. You're welcome. I the only one I have not seen is The Predator, which came out hmm. recently enough that it's not free on Hulu yet. So uh, as soon as that becomes That's free. Also, the only one I've never seen. I've seen every Alien and Predator movie, but I've not seen The Predator yet. You're yeah. correct. We I are now in, we're in the same boat. Or I've yeah, seen them same all. Person, uh, I will not I, go into every single movie in detail, but I will should. let you know that Predator, as a franchise, I feel like they, like 100%, I feel like the best of all of these movies is Alien versus Predator. 
I feel like that was the one where they really? actually leaned into the fact that like these are just like badass things and we want to see them fight people. When you get to movies like Alien vs. Predator 2 Requiem or Predator 2 where they're like, look at all these people and let's talk about the people and their problems and their relationships and also like people happen to be dying in the background. Like, no, that's not what people are here to see. They want to see these alien creatures mm-hmm. fight and do cool shit and and then they they also I feel like they fundamentally misunderstood Predator and how cool it could be until Alien versus Predator, because before Alien versus Predator, the very first movie it was like oh this was this is pretty cool this is pretty cool and then the last shot of cool, the movie, yeah. spoilers for Predator the movie, he just fucking laughs like a cartoon character villain. <laughs> like, the whole time he doesn't understand what anyone's saying and he's just making and he's just making noises and then at the very end he just goes. <laughs> I was like, "What the? F- where the hell did that come?" As he ex- blows up the forest, and then in number so, two, they make him just like uh, fucking—he's a joke. He's just repeating things that he's heard other people. Movie. It's it is wild. There are parts of it that I like, want but some, then want some candy. Want yeah, some candy? yeah. He's just repeating things other people say. So you you have this scene where it could be terrifying, and Predator's just coming up to you, going, "Want some candy?" Or it's just like for some reason they take off their masks all the time, as if like. Like, why? Why are you taking off your mask if that's helping you? And they're like, oh, man, it's time for the, the hardest part of the battle. Let me make myself weaker. And then you just they look people in the face and go, motherfucker. <laughs> or he's hanging off a building and he's just like, eat shit. <laughs> or no, he said, Predator shit 2. happens. <laughs> Predator 2 is an insane movie. We can kind of look past that one. Did you like Predators? Remember, I said that one. Predators, Adrian Brody. Yeah, the twist mm-hmm. is we're the Predators. The only predator movie that i have seen actually it's very good is predator for grace being a bad guy yeah. never saw that coming. surprise predator is a very underrated movie that had a very undersadly misleading and bad trailer do you guys remember yeah. this i don't, I don't remember, remember the trailer. trailer at all no i just watched the, the movie i never saw the trailer the trailer had a very egregious shot in it in which uh, what's his face like you can see like the predator's little like red beam thingy appear on the back of his chest and then like a hundred of them appear and that doesn't happen in the movie at all there's like literally just three predators (laughs) and people i think people walked into that movie being like oh shit we're gonna see like 10 humans take on a hundred predators and they didn't get that and i think that contributed to kind of the initial backlash against that movie at the time Uh, but i feel like over the Subsequent years, people have kind of reclaimed that movie as being pretty good. Movie's awesome. Yeah. A predator has a one-on-one fight with a yakuza member. <laughs> like, <laughs> fucking come on! Like, what are we talking about here? That shit is awesome. There's also I feel I've there is a formula to pre- like every single movie. I guarantee you, there's going to be a part where you see a predator in the top of a tree sewing up a wound, and there's going to be a part when mm. you see a predator on top of a building holding some kind of skeleton, going. Ugh! And there's going to be a part where it's there's it happens every single time. And in fact, in Alien vs. Predator, they even call out the same exact, exact fucking lines. Alien vs. Predator 1, they say, you're one ugly motherfucker, as a callback to Arnold Schwarzenegger in the first one. Alien vs. Predator 2, they said something. I don't remember what it was, but they said another line that was straight from Predators to, Predator 2. And I was like, it's the same shit. Same shit in all the movies, but just better but graphics. Prey and Predators, very good. You agree? Yes. Yes. I do concur. Very awesome. I'm Fun glad you saw them. Did you know that uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme was actually supposed to portray the original Predator in the original Predator movie? I did not know that, no. He got mad because his face wasn't going to be in it. 
It's so, like you're a fucking alien. What's funny what's funny about it is that there are like three different conflicting stories of why he got fired from the movie. Like version one of the stories he broke like a twenty thousand dollar prop because he was upset or something or other. I currently have this website, faroutmagazine.co.uk, pulled up. Uh, one of the other stories is that apparently people were upset at him constantly uh, kickboxing. Uh, speaking to The Hollywood <laughs> Reporter, on the film's 30th anniversary, uh, anniversary, Hynek stated, I was in Joel Silver's trailer, and he called for Jean-Claude to come see him. And he comes into the trailer, and Joel starts saying, You gotta stop kickboxing! because Jean-Claude wanted to kickbox. And he was telling him, look, the Predator is not a kickboxer. Uh, replying in his unique tone of voice, the actor quipped back, I must do that. That's how I see the Predator. Before the producer walked in and bluntly stated, well, you're fired. Get out of here. What did Jean-Claude Van Damme spit in response? Kiss my balls. <laughs> By the way, I just put in our Discord chat... That's the the suit that originally was going to be used that John Clad Van Dam was in. If you just want to check out our Discord, oh chat. yeah, That's oh people wild. can see it right now as Alex's face. That's, yeah, ooh, that's mm. wild. Yeah, hmm, hmm. Uh, we are almost an hour into this thing, and we're still talking about playtime. So I'm going to briefly just tell you I watched another movie called Fresh. That is, uh, it's a good movie, but it's also uncomfortable and not enjoyable to watch. It's about kidnapping women and cutting up their bodies and selling it to old people as food. And it's gross. Okay. Um, okay. And then bodies, 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 baby. Uh, this is a sleeper hit of the year. And I know the poster looks like that movie Spring Breakers with James Franco that's not good, but this movie is hella good. And it's like, it's Among Us. Like, as soon as they described the game, it was like, oh, this is, this is a bunch of kids playing real life Among Us in a mansion during a hurricane. And then people start dying. And yeah. it's like, oh, fuck. And then the rest of the movie just is so fucking funny, guys. It is so funny. Um, so highly recommend Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Don't sleep on it. It's real good. It's also, I looked up the director. This is her second film ever. And it's the screenwriter's Ooh. first film ever. And just like Whoa. blew my mind because I was like, oh, I want to see everything these people have ever done because they're so good. It's like, oh, they've done almost nothing ever. And I was like, holy shit. So it's cool. Go see that movie. Real good. Okay. We've got our regular ass quest log. Moving on, talking about a couple of stories about some goo kids and some <laughs> kids you can beat up. Multiverses Season 1 Deets from Ryan Lesson at IGN. Multiverses is finally becoming a real life baby with Season 1. This is a quote from them. Quote, we're excited to announce Season 1 will begin on August 15th, which is tomorrow, if you're listening to us right now. Or yesterday, if you're listening to us on Tuesday. Or two days ago, if you're listening to us on Wednesday, etc., 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 etc. August 15th, with brand new Battle Pass for you to earn in-game rewards. We can also confirm Morty will join the character roster on August 23rd as part of oh, Season 1. Season. <laughs> season 1. <laughs> we look forward to sharing more in the coming weeks. And finally, there's one last caveat here. Quick note, everything we are bringing, you to, bringing to you in Season 1 will not drop on the same day. New modes and content will spread through the life of the season. We'll continue to share dates on all the fun things to come. I actually like that idea. Like, it gives you a reason to come back and fight kids' characters over and over rather yeah. than just front-loading it all at the beginning of a season and then no one plays it for a while. Yeah, keep bringing me back. I'm excited. Morty in a week. Yeah. Kick the share to people. I'm all about it. Season one. Get your shit together, Summer. Uh, you guys still playing that? Put it in a museum. Put, put your, your shit. Put your shit in your bag. 
and carry to the shit store. <laughs> Are you guys still playing multiverses? So having a good time with it? I am. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ready for season I've one. Not played it in a week, but that's not for a lack of trying. I really want to uh, play with some more people that I just rarely have the opportunity and the people that I need to play with. But I definitely will keep playing it because it's fun. Yeah, I'm in the I'm in the same spot that I am with 55 other games where I have it downloaded and it's staring me in the face and I'm not playing it. So, well, you can watch every Predator movie. And, but I can watch five Predator movies in 36 hours. Yeah, what a weird world. Next up, you want to goo with some kids? You can. Oh, Splatoon 3, direct from Holden's Nemesis, Rebecca Valentine at IGN. All right, to catch you up with all the latest news from Splatsville. Is that real or did you write that? Is Splatsville what That's they call what it in the, the game? That, okay. that is, is what it's called. Yeah. Okay. Here's a recap of the biggest, freshest tidbits from the Splatoon 3 Direct. The Octolings are playable again. How Are those different than the Octokids? What are the Octolings? Squidlings. Squid, wait, Squid Kids? No, Squid yeah. Kids. Squid Kids? Octolings. Octolings are the bad guys, right? Well, former bad guys that have sort of turned good-ish, but there are still Got like it. bad ones and good ones. So they are the success stories of our criminal justice system. They've been reformed. Uh, more like we kind of drove them into squalor in the first game, and then they we, we kind of people negotiated them, giving them a second chance. More like that. Oh, okay, 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 okay. They played South Park on black. <laughs> 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 there are a lot of very familiar NPCs that are making a comeback. I'm sure they are inky and squiddy and fishy. There will be a ton of new NPCs that are debuted. Most notable, though, are the brand new Splatlands new hosts, Fry, Shiver, and Big Man the Stingray. <laughs> They're taking the place of Callie and Marie slash Pearl and Marina from the previous games. Uh, oh, are those like the announcer people? Yeah, you can tell I watched and so this. what's interesting about it this time is like previously, as you described, they were like announcer people. They were like commentating on these Splatfest matches. But this time they all together host what is being referred to as a Splatcast. So in essence, they're basically doing what we're doing right here. They're podcast hosts, which is pretty cool. Mm, I, I think it. more video games need podcast representation. And I am very happy right. to see this, to be honest. Spider-Man 2018. J.K. Simmons. Actually, it wasn't J.K. Simmons, but uh, J. Jordan Jameson. Um, Alex, because you sound like you've actually played Splatoon or Splatoon 2 and are knowledgeable about the franchise, after I read this next one, I'm going to ask you a question. Anarchy Battles are the new ranked mode where players can compete for rankings in rotating match types. We'll also see the return of Salmon Run with brand new boss League Battle, and which returns from the last from past Splatoon games, and a new mode called X Battle, which is available only after obtaining a very high rank in anarchy um this all sounds like the same shit i remember playing in splatoon how is this different do you okay, know okay so for the record i only extensively played splatoon one splatoon you don't 2 have didn't to be embarrassed me so well, i didn't say i was embarrassed i okay. just said i only okay. played splatoon one <laughs> stop putting words in my mouth chat come on stop leaving your mouth open <laughs> i mean yeah here's the thing i watched this direct shortly after it aired and i mean it does actually kind of to your point sound like a lot of stuff that we've already played in the past um i gotta be honest i am nevertheless kind of intrigued by the fact that splatfest will be 3v3 this time around or no hold on it'll be like three teams against each other and two, instead of two teams against each oh, other. Okay. That's what I meant to say. 
like that actually sounds like th that kind of opens the door to a lot of fun little things. The first Splatfest that they're doing is rock versus paper versus scissors. And like, there are already a lot of like fun ideas that you can imagine them doing in the future. So I'm at least looking forward to that. For like things like that, like mustard versus ketchup and that kind of exactly. stuff. Exactly. Oh, okay. Right. And now it'll be like mustard versus ketchup versus mayo or whatever. Gross. Uh, last Which thing part play is gross? <laughs> mustard and mayo. Okay. Or ketchup I mean, by it... itself. Ketchup by itself if you smell like it. Because if you step on ketchup, then you smell like ketchup the rest of the day. <laughs> but if you put mustard on a hot dog with a bunch of other shit, it's also good. But anything else? I like onions. Mayo nowhere. Mayo goes nowhere. I like mayo. Uh, last bullet point here. Play on new and returning stages with new and returning weapons and brand new and returning abilities. And more. That last part was, was I added the uh, and returning, although I'm sure there are abilities that will return. Mm -hmm. uh, pour one out for your boy Harry. Just kidding. He's not going to be in the game anywhere. Anyway, Hogwarts won't have a fall semester, says Jessica Howard at GameSpot. Very good title there, Adam. I like it. Oh, you're welcome. Well, thank you very much. The Hogwarts Legacy Twitter account has uh, pulled a cyberpunk, and they've put out a picture with a lot of words on it and says, hey, we're not, we're not going to make it. We're not going to make it again. Uh, so it won't be releasing this holiday season like they, they assured us it was earlier this year. Uh, originally scheduled to hit shelves in 2021. The latest release date for the open world RPG is now one week before my birthday. Oh. Which is it's, February uh, 17th is my birthday. It's actually 10 days after my birthday. No, nine days after my birthday. because Nine days after Alice's birthday. 2023 february 10th is the new date by the way uh in, in case you yeah, in case you couldn't count backwards from my birthday which again was february 17th or count forwards from alex's birthday february 1st however this is only for the playstation xbox and pc versions of the game because it's hard to get it running on inferior hardware so the nintendo switch will take even longer Developer Avalanche Games has confirmed that the game will feature no multiplayer element or microtransactions, opting for a story-driven single-player experience instead. Huzzah. All right. Not shocked, by the way. Definitely felt like, Yeah. I don't know about this one. And then they're like, Gotham, for sure. I'm like, what about Hogwarts? So like, Gotham, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll see you next year. And then finally... Final? Question mark, question mark, question mark. PS4 numbers from Darren Bond 3's at GameSpot. The PlayStation 4 has essentially reached the end of its production life cycle as Sony is no longer reporting sales figures for the console. It originally launched at the end of 2013, and the final total for the number of PS4 shipped as of March 2022 is 117.2 million units. It's an impressive number that makes it the fourth best-selling console of all time. Top three are... Game Boy and Game Boy Color, which are combined 118.7 million. The DS family of systems, which is 154 million. And the PlayStation 2, which is 155 million. Uh, I PS4. did not know that the DS family of systems and the PlayStation 2 were separated by just a million sales. I didn't like know that either. So close. Yeah. How yeah. gimped do you feel like Nintendo feels about that? Because I would be gimped. I'd re-release it. Fuck yeah, it. like a totally. special edition. Back in the wild. <laughs> yeah, uh, DS Classic, and just continue like put that all in the same boat. Yeah, 
Yeah, but it's like no different from like the DSs that we used to have. It's just called classic in right. Wait, I just want the number. I just yeah. want that million number. That's it. Yep. The PS4 will likely slip to fifth place as the Nintendo Switch already has 111 million sales um, and is considered to be in the middle of its life cycle. Good for you, PS4, making waves. Uh, where does where does that put us at PS5? When's the last numbers we heard for PS5? 200 million? 300 million? I'm just kidding. Those, that's not real. <laughs> Those numbers are ridiculous. PlayStation Five sales numbers. I know Xbox is just like, hey, we're not, we're we're gonna pretend that that doesn't matter to us anymore, even though it does. We just cry about it in silence. Let's see. Uh, twenty million units as of June third this year for PS Five. Yeah, about twenty million. Okay. Xbox is also weird talking about sales numbers because they're like, it's the fastest selling console, and then they went on to say it's selling better than we did in the 360 era which is an era that they dominated, but they refuse to give us the actual number. Yeah. That'd be like, if I walk into a room, it's like, I got a big slung. I'm not going to show you. (laughs) And you're like, whatever. And then you walk in on my bathroom, like, oh shit, he wasn't lying. (laughs) Or if like, I swear there's a third book to the Bible and I wrote it down on some plates here, but you're not allowed to see the plates. You just have to trust me. That's, that's Mormonism. Oh shit. Everything froze. Uh, uh, we have lost Uh Adam. You guys froze? Oh, I made back. a joke about Mormonism and Adam said, that's it. I'm done. I can't I can't I take out. it. <laughs> oh damn, you froze, froze again. again. Oh no. <laughs> Adam. You guys keep you guys keep freezing on me. I yeah, you keep just leaving the call. Well, because you froze. Well, maybe if you didn't leave the call, we wouldn't freeze. You I left because you froze. <laughs> no, you we left be because I made a Mormon joke. Let's just not talk about the M word again, because every time you said that okay. joke, okay. it froze on me. So let's not do Mermaid. That. Speaking oh. of mermaids, segment from Adam. Ooh, 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 ooh. My name is Ariel and my hair is pretty, but my voice is gone. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens in the movie. So, All right. NFL preseason is off to an amazing start. The rookies are playing the football games. The the seniors are not. And <laughs> I had a fun idea because they actually made a joke about this in Key and Peel. But I decided, hey, we talk about video games. Mm-hmm. NFL's happening. What if I made a list of the weirdest NFL names? Or these are real people who played in the NFL. Uh-huh. A lot of times it's nicknames. Sometimes it's full legal names, whatever. It's one of my favorite Key and Peel sketches. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. Um, and then I also said, hey, what's weird people in video games name? I'm going to ask you guys, is this an NFL player or is this a video game character? Oh, and then you tell me. And then twist. we'll keep score. Okay. You guys All keep right. score because I don't do that. Uh, I'll ask you. <laughs> All right. I will ask you individually. So okay. first up, we're going to go with Alex. All right. I need you to tell me, is this an NFL player? Or is this a video game character of some sort? Uh, so the name is Duff McWhalen. I'm going to go ahead and say that this character is not a character from a video game because he is a real life person. Oh, very close, but it's actually <laughs> uh, not right at all. Uh, <laughs> Duff McWhalen is a character from Mega Man X5. Oh. Okay. <laughs> man right. anyone could have gotten that one <laughs> i know right some of these names are it's ridiculous uh chad yes is this name an nfl player or a video game character ash crimson 
this sounds this sounds like an elementary school kid making an alter ego or making up a name just to be cool. Oh, Ash Crimson. So I'm gonna go with video game character. It is a video game character from King of Fighters X I I I. Nice. Which I believe is 13, right? Yes. Roman numerals. Uh, all right, Alex, you again. <laughs> is this an NFL player or a video game character? Henry Cooldown. <laughs> hmm. See, his name reminds me a whole lot of Travis Touchdown. And so I'm racking mm -hmm. my brain to try and remember, was there also like a Henry cooldown that you had to fight who was like your evil alter ego in that series? But I only played No More Heroes 2, so my knowledge base is very limited. I'm going to go ahead and say that he is a real human man's. Henry cooldown is a guy from No More Heroes. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so close! <laughs> When I said it, I was like, oh, Henry like, Cooldown to me sounds like like some rhinoceros in a free-to-play mobile game that you have to pay gems to in order to continue <laughs> playing. You gotta and Hold decrease on. your cooldown. Was he from No More Heroes 1 or 3? It just says No More Heroes, so I'm assuming 1. Uh, okay, okay. Not okay. positive, couldn't tell you. <laughs> oh, he froze uh, again. Oh, there he's back, he's back. Who said it? Uh, Who said the M-word? Not me. Uh, hey, Chad. Yes. Video game character or real human being who played in the NFL, Greedy Williams. Okay. This is, uh, this is a, a sweet Rosie O'Grady. This is a girl. This is a, not a girl. This is a person. This is a real person. Greedy Williams. You think it's a real NFL yeah, man this who is a real NFL. NFL man. Yes, it is a real NFL man who played for the Browns. Nice. Nailed Greedy, it. Greedy Williams. Uh, Alex, you're next. How many have I done? This will be number three, right? Yeah. Yeah. This will be number three. Uh, video game character, character or real <laughs> human man who played NFL football, Prince Amukamura. <laughs> do, do I keep saying that these are real <laughs> human mans or do I go for a video game character because prince could be just a first name it, it, yeah. it, everyone you're inclined to think that it's like oh like a prince like royalty but it could just be a first name fuck it real human mans let's go prince of mukamura is a real human man so he <gasps> yes! for the new york giants nice i think we'll and chad this is your number three right yeah. yeah yeah uh human mans or video game character Chris Moneymaker. Mm. <laughs> Moneymaker is not a real life last name. It could be an alias, though, that someone makes up for their football persona. Similar to how like actors have stage names. But I'm going to say it is a video game character instead. Well, funny thing is, I actually had a district manager whose last name was Moneymaker. Shut up. I'm not kidding. Uh, but Chris Moneymaker is from World Poker Championship. He's a fictional yeah. bad guy in a poker video game. Yeah. So you are absolutely correct. What's your score is that? I'm a perfect three right now. No, you're not. Yes, I am. <laughs> Did you? Are oh, you are? Okay. Yeah. What was? Go ahead, Alex. What? what were you going to say? Oh, I mean, I'm at a score of one. Is that what you were asking okay. 
I'm at, I'm at no, a score I thought you were going to say something else. I thought no. you were going to say something else. Okay. No, I just have one. That's all. I'll give you guys one more. Alex, if you get this right, you get four points. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, is this a real human man or a video game character? Jet Brody. <laughs> I'm going to go on a record, and I'm going to say right here and right now that Jet Brody is a video game character. Ooh, you're right. He's from the video game Fracture. Yes. Damn it. Okay. It's all on the line. Chad, this is also... Well, this would put you one point ahead, so you would win, right? Uh... If this is also worth four points for me, this would put me at seven versus Alex's five. Absolutely. Well, let's figure okay. it out. I mean, regardless, you're going to win, but we're having fun. Uh, so the last one, human man or video game character, Juju Smith-Schuster. Stop it. Is There's got to be a hyphen somewhere in there. Where's the hyphen? Uh, Smith-Schuster. 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 Uh, JoJo is the first name? Juju. Juju. <laughs> J-U-J-U. J -U -J -U. This is real. This is a real person. You sure? Final yes, answer. I'm sure this is a real person's name. Yes, Juju Smith-Schuster <laughs> is a real person. He was That's on my bucket the, list is to meet he's on the Juju Smith-Schuster. Juju Smith-Schuster. He's actually yes. on the cover of Madden like four years ago. That's perfect. Yes. So there. So, uh... Sorry to say, but Chad, you are the winner of the weird name game. Yeah. Some of the other options that I didn't choose, uh, I mean, Dash Rendar is a great name, but if you know Star Wars, you know that's real. Hmm. Uh, Trevor McFur is a dude from a video game, and Debrickashaw Ferguson is a real human man. Debrickashaw? That I thought were Debrickashaw. Debrickashaw. That's kind of fun, yep. though. Debrickashaw. Debrickashaw. Yep. Whew. Thank you for that. Equiminius St. Brown. That's a good one. Equiminius. Equiminius St. Brown. That's awesome. Thank you for That's that segment game. from Adam. And we are now going to go into Game on Game Show. The Game on a Game Show. We play a game called Game on. The Game Show on a Game Show. It's game, 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 game. Alex, you've yes. got a game to bring to the table that you would like to facilitate. I'm going to turn it over I to you. I do, and I just want to say thank you for doing that little preamble thing, because I realized just as we were getting into this, I didn't know the whole game on game, 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 game thing that you do at the beginning. I should memorize it for the future, though, just so that I can do it if need be. I don't know if I can write it down, but good luck. We'll do our best. This is a new game on game show segment that I'm calling Top 10 Once and Again. So back in the year of our Lord 2020, uh, a lot of things happened. Mm -hmm. However, before, I think that was the year of the devil, not the year of our before Lord. Before <laughs> most of everything happened, literally in January of 2020, uh, the NPD group did something really cool. Uh, they released lists of the top 20 best-selling games uh, for every year since 1995 until 2019 uh, in the United mm. States. Uh and recently, I've been listening to a podcast uh, called Blank Check, where the hosts of that podcast review movies and then try to figure out what were the top 10 best-selling movies at the theaters uh, the year that the movie in question they're talking about came out. So they'll review uh, The Matrix, and they'll be like, all right, when The Matrix came out in 1999, what were the other nine biggest movies in theaters at that 
particular week it came out, uh, I figured, you know what? It'd be cool to do something similar with video games. Um, mm -hmm. But on a week-by-week -week basis, that would be a little bit difficult. On a yearly basis, however, uh, with the help of the one and only NPD group, it's very possible. And so what we're going to be doing tonight is I am going to be quizzing the two of you on what the top 10 best-selling games of the years 1995 and 1996 were. Uh, I'm going to start at 10 uh, in both cases and count up until one. At each number, I will give you a series of clues, each uh, in increasing descriptive detail. And at any point, as I'm giving out these clues, uh, you can blurt out the answer if you think that you know it. First person to blurt out the correct answer gets a point uh, unless uh, it's apparent that neither of you will get it, at which point I will just provide you the answer and nobody will get any points. Uh, depending on how these two rounds go, maybe next time around I'll do this, we'll do three different years, or maybe we'll scrap this all together if it proves to be a dumpster fire. Uh, are the two of you ready? Uh, I have yes. one question. Yes. Is, are we, is franchise good enough or do we have to get the exact game in the franchise? I'm going to request that you give the specific game. Okay, good to know. Thank you. Uh, but again, th this is a work in progress. If we find that franchise is better, uh, maybe we'll switch to that in the future. The problem is, and I want to be as vague as possible because I don't want to give anything away for this installment of this uh, show topic or future installments. There are a lot of instances where multiple games from the same franchise will show up on the same ah, list. Okay. So... Yep. That would be, yeah, that would create some problems. All so right. starting 1995, right? This is what systems? This yes. was SNES. This was Genesis, Genesis. PlayStation 1. No, PlayStation 1 I think 1 PlayStation 1 was like almost, if it was out, it was like almost just out on the market. Like it was just like super pre-nascent. Uh, you also had like some weird other consoles bumming around like the 3DO and whatnot. All right. Number, what? Uh, hold on a sec. Let me get myself in the proper mood for this. <clears throat> what was the number 10 best-selling game of the year 1995 for uh, the NPD group's tracking of the best-selling games of 1995? This game was a sports game in a popular sports franchise that has just recently gone on hiatus. This franchise had debuted just the year prior, in 1994, and this game, which was released this year in 1995, was the second entry in this franchise. It's the hiatus that's getting me. Yeah, me too. Me too. This it's is this isn't Madden '95. Eh, Madden wrong. NFL. I, I, no, I have no. to. I have to. We have to set up like a one of those like. What you call it? Like uh, sound pads, voice pads. What, what, no, why yeah, why yeah. is uh, the right name not coming to uh, me? Soundboard. Uh, soundboard. Soundboard. There we go. Yeah. A soundboard where I can do like a a wrong sound effect. Uh, wrong. It is not that. Um, it's based on a sport that was created in the state of Massachusetts uh, by a Canadian named James Naismith. Final clue. The game was released on the PlayStation, PC, SNES, Genesis, and the Game Boy, but all versions of the game were published by the same publisher, Electronic Arts. NBA Live 96. 
And ding, 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 ding. Adam ding. gets one point. It was NBA Live 96. All right. Yeah. You know what's weird nice is that I, I knew the like the fact about the Massachusetts mm-hmm. uh, the guy who invented the sport. I was like, oh, yeah, I knew that. I knew I knew it was basketball from that because I'm so I just forgot I'm they so were in tune with sports. They've been on a hiatus for five years. <laughs> yeah. The, so the, to give context to what I said at the top, the NBA Live Series has apparently been on hiatus since 2018 due to declining sales. And yeah, we've not heard a peep from it since. So that is going to be interesting. I'm just very quickly. I realized that I should probably be keeping track of score on my end. So I'm just very quickly coming up with a quick little tally. <laughs> All right. I love that last uh, game. Al Adam's like, y'all keep track of score because I don't do that. And then this one he's like, no, I got it. I got it. I got score. <laughs> All right. What is the ninth best-selling game of 1995? The number nine best-selling game is a sequel to a popular popular ugh, SNES platformer. It's a critically acclaimed game that remains very popular. Super Mario to World this 2 day. Yoshi's Island? Eh, wrong. But. Super Mario Brothers 3. Eh, wrong. No. Super Mario World. Eh, wrong. Are we allowed to make multiple guesses? Yeah. <laughs> Super, uh, <laughs> yes. Sorry, but continue. <laughs> if you let me read clues, you'll have a greater chance of guessing it. <laughs> It's a critically acclaimed game that remains very popular to this day. If anything, it's actually more beloved than it was at the time of its release. It introduced a new playable character into the mix. Donkey Kong Country 2. Diddy's Conquest. Yes. Chad gets it. Yeah. It is Donkey Kong Country 2, Diddy's Conquest. All right. Number eight. Number eight is an SNES platformer as well. It's a game that's known for many things, one of which is featuring a distinctive art style at a time when the industry wasn't really known for doing so all the time with platformers. It's a sequel to another SNES platformer. Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island. There we go. Chad gets it again. Uh, if you had not gotten uh, it... Are you keeping track uh, of my points, too, or just yours? No, you do yours. I'll do mine. Okay, yeah, because that, that's a lot. You're going to be counting up a lot, and I know that's a lot to keep track of. So Up to nine. <laughs> if it had taken you both a long time to guess this one, my last clue was going to be, it's a game that recently rose to infamy on this very podcast because of a very, very bizarre description Chad gave of it on a previous Game on Game show. What did I give of it? What did I say? You did oh, like a was, weird it was song. The, <laughs> it was the Jesus loves me. Jesus loves little children. Yeah. I forgot. Yes. <laughs> Very good. Number seven, the number seventh best-selling game of the year 1995, is a licensed game that was basically released on every platform under the sun at the time. It's based off a popular movie that was released just the year prior, so in 1994. This 1994 movie, at the time of its release, was not a sequel or prequel to anything, uh, but would go on to have sequels and later a remake. Jurassic Park. Eh, no, nope. wrong. That's not the right year. Yeah, wrong year. Uh, the, Car- the Lion King? Ding, ding, ding. Chad yeah. gets it again. Yeah. Wow. 
Three Good baby. job, Chad. Three baby. That was 94, huh? Yep. Whew. Number six. Uh, the number six best-selling game of the year 1995 is a multi-platform game and a sequel to a popular arcade game. Its development was headed up by a game developer that was and still is very respected, so much so that a rearranged version of their name lives on in the series to this very day. This game was actually originally released on the SNES and Genesis in 1994, so the year prior. Uh, and this time around, uh, when this sequel was brought to both platforms, there was no censorship in the SNES version, at least in North America. This game features all sorts of characters, Mortal including... There you go. Adam got uh, it. Mortal uh, Kombat 2. Yeah, 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 yeah. Damn it. All right. How many points is that for me, Chad? <laughs> That's two to my three. Yeah, you got me. <laughs> the number five best-selling game of the year 1995 is a non-sequel from a studio that has already been featured on this list. It's a game in a series that is still decently popular to this day, even though the last time that we got an outright new game in the series technically was back in 2013. It has a name that sounds sort of similar to Mortal Kombat, and in many ways is sort of in the same wheelhouse in Mortal Kombat, but is not exactly as bloody. Smash Brothers? And is it Street you're Fighter? A few years off from this one. Nope. Eh, not no, Street not Fighter. No. Final clue. The name of the main male protagonist uh, of this series is the name of the parrot from Aladdin if you swapped out the first letter of the parrot's name with a J. Jago? Oh, middle, middle, Killer Instinct. Yeah, damn there we go. Why did they give you this clue? <laughs> killer Instinct, Killer Instinct. Yes, yes. All right. Yes. Three for three. We're in dead heat. All right. Let's Jago see the main character. Oh. if we can turn this around in the final four. Uh, the number fourth best-selling game of 1995 is another sports game, this time of a different type of sport than what we guessed before. Madden 96. Madden, fuck you. <laughs> uh, so I will give you the point. The full title is Madden NFL 96, NFL 96 but I'm not yeah. going to be picking that way. Adam, you have four points now. Oh, what's more than Jack? Look at that. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Number three is another sports game, but this NHL time 96. around. Shut up. <laughs> eh. uh, but this time around, however... Uh, this sports game... Ken Griffey not... Jr. Baseball. <laughs> this Damn sports it. game does not have a year in its title, Adam. NBA Jam. This game, eh, which was <laughs> originally released in 1994, is actually an updated edition of the first game in its series, which itself released in 1993. Mm. So much so that the game actually has edition in its title. NBA Jam Slam Dunk Edition. <laughs> NBA Jam Championship Edition. 
NBA edition, NBA Arcade Jam. Edition. We brought peanut butter this time too. NBA edition. Jam last Arcade clue. <laughs> Every sports game involves tremendous physical exertion in a tournament of some sort. And this NBA game, Jam Tournament Edition. Chad's got it. Yeah, Adam. <laughs> I feel very sorry. I, I felt very sorry giving you the the buzzer on when you just, just said NBA Jam, but I had to be specific. That's the wrong one. year, dude. No, wrong year, wrong dude. dude. It's not a year in it at all, yeah. actually. Wow. Uh, you, for those, you said by the way, it was released in the wrong year. For those of you at home who might be listening, who might be wondering what the deal is with Tournament Edition, uh, Tournament Edition, this is per Wikipedia, included updated rosters, new features, and Easter eggs, and combined much of the same gameplay of the original with these new features and upgrades. All right. All right. So we're 4v4 the, right now. Yeah. Here we go. The number two best-selling game of the year 1995 is a popular SNES platformer. It's a game that's related to another title previously covered on this list. This game starred a character that had been around for some time at this point, uh, but sported an entirely new design in this game that was inspired by the Battletoads. While not the hardest game of all time, this game gained quite a bit of infamy at the time of its release for its particularly difficult minecart level. Donkey Kong Country? Chad's got it. It's Donkey Kong Country. One and two? One and two on the same list in the same year. That's wild. All right, here we go. The number one best-selling game of 1995 uh, is another game like Donkey Kong Country, that's uh, related to a game that we have already covered. Over the next 25 years, this is the only time that a game of this specific genre Super Mario RPG. And this is the only time that a game of this specific genre tops one of the NPD's lists. This is the only time over the course of the next 25 years that you will see a game of this genre in the number one spot. This was another example of a game that released in arcades before being ported to consoles. However, unlike some of its prior entries, this one was both released in arcades and on consoles in 1995. So it's a... eh, So this is a 1995 game through and through. This game belongs to a series that's famous for its title being screamed in dramatic fashion. Resident Evil? Adam, you got it. It's Mortal Kombat. Which one? Just one. Uh, Mortal Kombat wrong. One. Mortal Kombat 3. Mortal Kombat 3. <laughs> there we go. Chad, you got it. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> oh, I stood on the shoulders of giants. Thank you, Adam, for being my giant. Look, I just realized that the 90s was an awful time for video games. They're like, <laughs> let's just buy the uh, one, two, and three, and that will be the top five. Okay. <laughs> Adam, you, you say that right now, but just wait until you we oh. get to the mid to late 2000s. Oh, I'm man. ready for Call of Duty. This is like three games on every right. list. <laughs> like, to, to really, like, get serious for a second here, you know, we often um, criticize, you know, the console generation that we're currently in and how it is just so iterative and sequel after sequel and so on. But like, 
Yeah, to your point, the mid-90s were no different. It was sequel after sequel after sequel. That being said, I still find this like a more interesting list than like some of the lists that we have nowadays. There there is something very cool about seeing like Donkey Kong Country and Mortal Kombat in like the top 10 lists of the year, but that's just me. Yeah. Uh, Alex, I think this was really fun. Can we save 1996 for a different game on game show? Totally fine. I was just about to say, do we want to keep going or do we want to kind of leave it as this is? I think, yeah, I think we should leave this for a future episode of the show. Dope. Yeah, we're already at like almost an hour and 45 minutes right now. So excellent. Thank you, Alex, for bringing that to us. That is the end of Game on Game Show and the end of episode 271 of Respawn Aim Fire. You have homework. The first one is something we mentioned at the beginning is saying is to get your fucking ass to Twitter. I mean, to Twitch. Twitch.tv slash idiots and go follow us on there so people can sub to us on there so that people can love on us on there. Do it. We need four of you. Four little tiny baby humans to go and make up new accounts. And that's it. That's all we need. Uh, so go do that. And then also go to patreon.com slash fire. Become a patron where you can get our new, <laughs> our new wallpapers. <laughs> uh, they are codenamed the father and the son. <laughs> father and the son <laughs> and they are they are you you know how important <laughs> how important dale arnard is to our history and so you can get a special edition commemorative super patriotic dale arnard and dale arnard dale arnard jr wallpapers exclusively <laughs> I'd buy that gotta get them gotta catch stupid. all just like pokemon you can get those now on patreon.com <laughs> and if you if you want to know what you're in for before you subscribe you can head to our twitter over at twitter.com slash respawning fire where our commemorative Dale Earnhardt wallpaper is our photo our our photo <laughs> so go do that and also play Bayonetta this week or I mean this month which is our barf game backlog accomplishment with respawn and friends where we uh, have you all vote on a series of games uh, which one you would like us to play every single month you chose Bayonetta and we will have uh, another one up in the next couple of weeks to figure out what September's game is. And uh, patrons are the only ones that are allowed to decide that game, though everyone is allowed to play it. So go play Bayonetta. Uh, let us know your thoughts on it, either via email or on Twitter. Uh, we will include them on the show, or we can include you on the show. So if you're also interested in playing Bayonetta and talking about it on the show with us, let us know. We would love to have you. Whew. Thank you again to Alex, our RAF regular guest, for being on the show with us again this week. Uh, Alex, outside of this, you do many other amazing things. Where can people find you and what are you doing? That's right. You can find me over on Twitter at Alex Cozina, E-L-E-X-K-Z-I-N-A. Uh, I actually reviewed a real cool uh, pastry fast food chain called Lakma in Montreal earlier today. So if you're just if you've just gone through your entire life just looking forward to the day where you could read a Twitter review of a fast food chain 
by all means, go check that out. Oh, yeah, and also go over to twitch.tv slash live where I've been uh, continuing my Pokemon Leaf Green Critical Lock adventures. They are really blossoming into something weird and awesome, so go check those out. Perfect. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Until next time, here's our usual sign-off. Go to twitch.tv slash and follow us. <laughs>